0: Get ready to learn all about America's national parks with National Park Adventures. And I'm your host, Ashley. So strap on your hiking boots and let's hit the trail. Hello, hello. Welcome back to my podcast. This is episode two and we are going to talk about Glacier National Park. So first off, I'm just going to give you a quick overview of what we're going to talk about today. So give it just a very generic high level park overview, you know, think major sections, major hikes, stuff like that. Um, then we're going to dive into the history, get to know a little bit about how it became a national park. Then we're going to talk about what my fiance and I did on our trip. Um, we, this is our first national park we went to together and we spent, um, about a week in the park and it was really awesome. So we'll go through a detailed itinerary of kind of what we did. Um, what I liked, what I would suggest, um, kind of go through some places to stay, some restaurants we visited that I would recommend, um, and then just some tips and tricks to the park um, so that way you guys know, you know, what we did wrong and you guys can learn from it when you're planning your guys' trip. So let's go ahead and get started. Glacier National Park is located in northwestern Montana, um, so it also borders Canada, um, it's roughly a million acres, and Glacier has about 2 million visitors each year. The layout of the park is split into several large areas. So, North Folk is on the northern western section, and it's one of the least visited areas of the park. It has a lot of hikes and things to do up there. It's just not one of the more well-known areas. West Glacier is where my fiancé and I stayed Um, it's probably one of the most visited areas. Logan Pass is the middle of the park. It's the highest point that you can drive to. So a lot of hikes start from there. St. Mary is the other end of, so it's on the east side, um, a little north from West Glacier, um, but is where the other side of the road ends. Mini Glacier is north of St. Mary. It's, um, basically parallel to North Folk. And then Two Medicine is on the east side, um, south. And some of the major hikes that are well known for Glacier are the Highline Trail, um, St. Mary's Falls, Grinnell Glacier, Iceberg Lake, Hidden Lake, and Avalanche Lake. Now, if you're wanting to visit You can get a seven-day vehicle pass for $35 in the summer and $25 in the winter season. This is your park pass. This is to get into the park. On top of that, the national parks have started, honestly, I think since COVID and maybe a little before that, to create this timed entry for several parts of the park um, just to kind of limit people flooding the park at 6 a.m. or you know nine whatever time is you know most popular just to kind of divvy out some of the you know crowds and kind of make it a little bit more manageable so you'll also need that and those are typically two dollars not very much they just honestly they do it to help with traffic Um, you can get these on the national park website um, through recreation.gov that is where you will purchase both of these passes and typically the timed entry is released at a certain point um i i don't know exactly like maybe like 6 months or something like that um so you'll want to know exactly when you're going and then you'll have to plan um for when you should buy those um and there's also several different timed entries for different sections of the park so I'm going to put a link to the National Park website um, in the show notes for if you're interested in kind of researching more about the specifics of the timed entry, but I wanted to make you aware um, that those are in effect for this upcoming season. So let's dive into a little bit of the history of Glacier National Park. It was originally occupied by various Native American tribes. They lived off the land. They used um, you know, it for food and shelter. Um, In an 1885 George Bird Grinnell, he hired a man named James Schultz, who was a well-known explorer at the time, and he guided him on a hunting expedition into what would later be the park. So Grinnell actually made several trips to the region and was so inspired by the scenery that he spent the next two decades working to establish it as a national park. And he often referred to the region as the crown of the continent. And in 1895, Chief White Calf of the Blackfeet tribe authorized the sale of the land to the U.S. government for $1.5 million. So this actually established the current boundary um, that we know today between the park and the reservations, which borders the park on the east, west, and south. In 1910 the Boone and Crockett Club, which was led by George Grinnell and also a man named Lewis Hill. He was the president of Great Northern. They introduced the bill to Congress to designate their region as a national park. The bill was then signed into law by President William Howard Taft. And Glacier National Park became America's 10th national park. So pretty early on, actually. So the Great Northern uh, Railway, and if you remember, Lewis Hill who was part of the club to introduce the bill. He's the president. So he built several hotels and chalets, which is basically a house-like structure with um, Switzerland vibes. Um, so those were all throughout the park in the 1910s they started building as soon as the park was established to promote tourism to the park. Now Lewis wanted it to be a Swiss architecture type theme throughout the entire park, to portray Glaser as America's Switzerland. So there were several chalets built between 1910 and 1913. So these included Belton, Saint Mary, Going to the Sun, Mini Glacier, Two Medicine, Sperry, Granite Park, Cut Bank, and Gunsight Lake. Some of these were built in a very remote backcountry location, so they were only accessible by trail. However, today there's only three that are still in operation, and those three are Sperry, Granite and the built-in. The Two Medicine chatlet is actually now the Two Medicine Store, which I would recommend visiting. Um, it is really cool. The remaining chatlets that were not in still op- like still in operation are designated as National Historic Landmarks. And Glacier actually has 350 buildings slash structures um, that are listed as um, National Historic Places. And those include anything from ranger stations to patrol cabins to fire lookouts, things like that. So, I think that was really cool. Um, The railway also built several hotels. They built the Glacier Park Lodge, which is in the Two Medicine area, and the Mini Glacier Hotel, which is on the east shore of Swift Current Lake. And, very interestingly, Lewis Hill who was the president of the railway, he personally selected all of the sites for the buildings, choosing each of them because of their scenery, which I thought was really cool. So another developer named John Lewis built the Lewis Glacier Hotel on Lake McDonald in 1913. So this is actually now known as Lake McDonald Lodge. The Great Northern Railway bought the hotel in 1930, and then they renamed it. In 1921, construction began for the Going to the Sun Road, which is a 53 mile long road that goes from the west side of the park to the east side of the park. And it was completed in 1932. Now, this road is very interesting because they were very diligent about how they built it. They built it so that it followed the land and it didn't take away from the scenery. So if you look at it from a distance, you actually can't see the road because of the way they built it. So it goes through the entire park from uh, west to east or east to west, whatever way you want to think about it, and it's the only road that goes all the way through the park. And um, it goes through the Continental Divide at Logan Pass, and it is at 6,600 feet at the midway point. It is... um, the only way to drive through the park, like I said, and it takes about an hour and a half to go all the way through. Now, the most interesting recent event that happened at Glacier is the Sprague Fire, which is a wildfire that broke out in Glacier in 2017. It was first reported in August, and it is said to be caused by a lightning storm. The fire encompassed around 16,000 acres, and it almost destroyed um, this Sperry Shatlet. And we actually saw some of the damage from this fire on a few of our hikes. It's kind of in the St. Mary's Falls area. And it was actually really cool to see, um, you know, because it happened several years ago now and you can start to see nature build back. And so it was very cool to see that. Um, And there were several trees still standing and showing like um, the ashes and stuff. So I thought that that was really cool. But that's going to kind of wrap up our history segment. Um, So I'll go ahead and dive in to what my fiance Andrew and I did when we visited Glacier. So we spent about six days within the park and we went around mid to late August. And we hiked about 55 miles while we were there. And it was a fantastic trip. I would definitely recommend going in the months of july august or early september june there can still be snow um and so sometimes the road the going to the sun road that goes all the way through um it may not be open all the way um so you could go late june but i wouldn't really recommend early june um and then by september like mid september it starts to get you know colder and stuff um So, that would be the timeline I would recommend you to plan your trip. Um, So, we actually uh, have points through Southwest. So, Southwest does not fly to Glacier as many national parks. Um, So, we flew to Spokane, Washington, and we drove um, about four or five hours to Karam, which is right outside the park, Um, and that's where we stayed. So, our first day at the park, we hiked Avalanche Lake, um, and it's a very moderate to easy hike. There's a few hard parts, but not, not too bad. Um, it's about four and a half miles round trip. Um, the end views are awesome. You can walk around the whole lake. It has a really cool little waterfall um, off in the distance that you can see. Um, after that, we went and explored around the Lake McDonald Lodge. Um, we weren't staying in the park, so we wanted to see see the lodge and kind of, you know, get to explore around there for a little bit. We took it pretty easy the first day. We knew um, we were going to do some harder hikes um, towards the middle of our trip, so we wanted to take it pretty easy. Um, We also ate at the lodge. The lodge is honestly probably one of the only places you can eat. Um, It was cool. The lodge was really um, historic and had really good views of the lake, obviously, Um, but it was also very, very busy. Uh, There's a lot of people in the lodge, a lot of people trying to eat. It was honestly a little, I was shocked we got a table. Um, it was crazy. Um, but they do have a shop that's just kind of like down the road from the lodge. And I really enjoyed looking around there. They do have like some hiking stuff if you, you know, forgot something. Um, so that was really, really nice. Um, and so that was kind of the first day. Second day, we hiked St. Mary's. Falls and Virginia Falls, it was about six miles um, round trip. We also, after that, decided to go and do the Hidden Lake Overlook, which is um, about three miles. For the falls, we took a very remote way to the falls. And honestly, I tried looking it up. I cannot remember what route we took. Um, It was a last minute decision from our bus driver that recommended that we take this trail and then it connected with another trail and to another trail and then we got to the falls and then you take the regular falls trail back and then you just hop back on the shuttle. And I tried (laughs) figuring it out and I honestly don't know, but it was really cool and um, it was very remote, which was interesting. Um, also very scary though, because I was nervous about running into a bear, um, but we did not run into a bear. So it was, it was fine. Um, then after that, we still had some gas in the tank. So we decided to do Hidden Lake, um, uh, which starts at Logan Pass. Very much enjoyed Hidden Lake. However, it is a very hard hike, um, cause it's basically uphill the whole way, Um, at the time my lungs were still recovering from COVID. So I was kind of struggling a little bit and we also already hiked six miles. So it wasn't like it was, you know, the first thing we did that day, but the overlook was very, very cool. Um, Hidden Lake is one place that a lot of people say they do see moose in the park. Um, you can go down to the lake, but I think it adds about, I don't know, maybe like a couple more miles. And we just, We decided we already hiked enough that day and were tired and um, didn't want to end up doing that because, you know, you go uphill to see the overlook. Then you had to go downhill to go down to the lake. um, So then to come back up, you know, you go back uphill again. So we just decided we didn't want to do that. Um, So then our third day, we ended up hiking Highline, which we did the whole thing. So it was about 14, 15 miles ish. Um, Would 100% recommend doing this. Hike for sure. Um, even if you only end up doing part of it, you don't necessarily need to do all of it. Um, but if you do decide you want to do all of it, I would recommend starting very early um, just because of the time it's going to take to hike that long. There are some add on hikes you can do. Um, there's a, oh, I think it's like a 0.5 mile little round trip thing um, that you can do to overlook Grinnell uh, Glacier. From the High Line Trail, we actually thought about doing this um, on our hike and we were planning on doing it. But then when we got to it, it's like a very steep incline and we were like, yeah, we're not going to do that. We were already several miles into that point and were just not willing to take that hike. Um, but I have heard it's very, very cool. So, Highline is one of the best trails in the park to see wildlife. It is just very well known. It's also very long. So, you go through a lot of different sceneries. Um, You know, you start on this cliff, you go into this prairie, and then you go into a forest. Um, So, on our hike, we saw some bighorn sheep, mountain goats, deer, um, a few of the little like pikas or pikas, not sure how you pronounce it. Think of them as like a large-ish mouse type thing Um, and also like a ton of birds. Um, Would recommend this hike 100%. Very, very cool. Probably one of my favorite things we did on the trip. Um, Yeah, it was awesome. Just bring a lot of snacks and water. Um, Okay, so then our fourth day, we we took a break from hiking because we hiked a ton the day before. We decided we were just going to drive the going to the sun road from beginning to end and just look at all the, you know, little outlooks that they have on the trail that you don't necessarily, or on the road that you don't see on the trails. Um, So, this was definitely needed after hiking so long on day two and three. Um, The views are really, really cool. You get to see a lot of the park from like a bird's eye view um, and That was really awesome. And there's also several little areas you stop, you know, pull off and then you can hike like half a mile maybe and get a really cool like picture. Um, So, I really enjoyed that. We also did see a black bear on our drive from a very, very long distance. Like it looked like a black spot. Um, But it was really cool and I wanted it to be slightly closer because I would have liked to see it closer ish but not like right next to the car. Andrew was glad that it was far away, but um it was really, really awesome to see at least a bear while we were there. Um but also glad we didn't run into it on the trail. Um there is a spot that I would recommend stopping for sure. It's on the eastern side. It's called Goose Island. It's basically um an island that looks like a goose. Um you can't you can, can kind of see it from the road but there's a pull off or a parking little area and then you can hike down and get a better look um, and it's just a really cool view I believe it's on St Mary's Lake and I just I really enjoy just like looking out into the scenery and it's just a very iconic photo Also on our on our fourth day we decided we we're gonna take a boat tour so we did this on St Mary's Lake um, we took off at the Rising Sun boat dock in probably like early late afternoon ish. Um, it was really, really fun. It was so interesting because you learn so much history about the park and you know you get to just see the park from a different view other than hiking and from the road. Um, so I really liked that and you they also dropped us off and we could like kind of hike around in this little area and then come back and then they would take us around some more. Um, which I thought was kind of fun. And this company does boat tours on a majority of the lakes, uh, the big lakes in Glacier. So, you can take a boat tour on like Lake McDonald, into Medicine, all sorts of stuff. Um, So, would recommend doing a boat tour on one of the major lakes because I thought it was really cool. Okay, on our fifth day, we we're planning on doing the Grinnell Glacier hike, which is about, I think it's a 10-mile hike, and we woke up very, very sore, <laughs> and we were like, we don't want to do it. we I wanted to do it, but I also didn't think I'd make it. Grinnell Glacier is a hard hike, and you can shorten it by two miles by taking a boat, but... Andrew and I looked at each other and we were like, I, I just don't, I just don't know if we can do it. So also we were on the west side of Glacier. We had to go to the east north side, which was about a two and a half hour drive from our Airbnb. So we also didn't want to make that drive because we were so sore and we didn't think we were going to actually make it through the whole hike. So, we last minute decided we were going to go to the Two Medicine area, which was only about an hour and a half away from our Airbnb. And honestly, I really enjoyed this. I was very surprised at how much I really enjoyed this area of the park. Um, It's it's just not as well known or traveled, I guess, when you go your first time. Um, But it was beautiful. And it's also a very popular spot to see moose. Um there's two little lakes on your hike. There's like a larger one and then a smaller one and I can't remember the names of them at the moment, but um it is a very popular spot. We did not see any um but we did get there honestly I think before a lot of people so we were able to kind of just have um the lake to ourselves for a little bit which was really cool. And the hikes over here are a lot shorter. They're about 2 to 3 miles which was very much needed for our very sore legs. Um, So after we kind of like toured around there and did that, uh, we decided we were going to drive back to Apgar Village, which is in West Glacier. Um, And we played mini golf. um, So that was really fun. Great spot if you are bringing kids with you as well. They also have a lot of restaurants and shops and stuff over there. So it's just a fun little area to take a break from, you know, hiking and stuff like that. Um, and you can see a lot of different things there. So that was our fifth day. Um, and then our last day was really more of like a morning. Um, we rented a kayak and we um, kayaked on Lake McDonald for like 30, 45 minutes. Um, and it was just really pretty. Uh, it was, we did it in the morning and, you know, there's not that many people out. Um, it was a little cold, but it was, it was so beautiful and it was just really fun to get to do that last little thing before we left. Um, and then honestly, after, after we were done kayaking, we just drove back to Spokane cause we had, um, about a four or five hour drive, um, to get there. And we were also really tired from getting up, um, so early in the mornings cause we got to the park by like six or seven in the morning every morning. Um, cause we, wanted to beat the crowds and um, also get on the shuttle. So my favorite, my personal favorite thing about the park, um, if I had to recommend only one thing for you guys to do at the park would to be the Highline Trail. Even if you just park, hike part of it, um, you just see so much on this trail and it's just a cool experience and also your best chance to see wildlife and It's just, the views are insane. Just so cool. Um, So, that's kind of what we did on our trip. Um, Some restaurants slash places to stay. So, up there, Huckleberry is their thing. They have so many Huckleberries. Um, Everywhere you drive, you will see a Huckleberry pie sign, like, every mile. And so, it became a running joke of... Andrew and I to um say huckleberry pie in about every weird way that we could mostly because it was just funny because we saw it all the time um but I actually very much liked huckleberry it was very very good um they put it in a lot of different things one place I had like a mojito um we had like we actually did get pie at some point like it's just very very good Um, so, one of the places we went is the West Glacier Cafe, which is in that Apgar Village area. Um, they had a Huckleberry milkshake. Phenomenal. Absolutely amazing. So, so good. Um, this is also where we got the pie, but, um, it was okay. I mean, it was good. It just, the milkshake was by far superior. Um, within the park to eat, not as many options. Um, we... We ate at Lake McDonald Lodge, and honestly, that was probably the only place to eat. I think there might be some other places, but they weren't open when we were there, um, and they may they may be open now. But honestly, if you're going to be hiking all day, I would just recommend bringing some sandwiches and some snacks. It's just a lot easier. Um, you don't have to plan to be somewhere at lunchtime, and also, I just... I just think it's more of the hiking experience, but, um, if you do decide to eat at Lake McDonald Lodge, just be prepared for it to be busy and not a ton of food options. Um, we also went to Whitefish, which is about 30-ish minutes from where we stayed in Karam, and it's this cute little town. It has a ton of breweries, a ton of restaurants, Um, So, we would get done in the park about, like, three or four each day because we did start so early, and then we would drive um, to Whitefish and eat and hang out and all of that kind of stuff there. Um, So, if you are staying on the west side of Glacier, I would totally recommend going at least one night, if not more than one. Um, It's probably one of the largest cities next to um, Glacier and they just had they have so many options so many options we ate at a pasta place we ate at a pizza place um we ate at a brewery with like a sauce flight and Andrew was really big on sauces so he was very excited about that um just a lot of lot of options and it was really really fun the vibe was great um so where we stayed is um the red station by Glacier in Coram it's a cute little airbnb um, it's these like little red red cabins and um, it's basically like a studio layout. You know, you have your bed and a bathroom and kitchen and all in one little area and it is literally so cute. It's perfect um, for, you know, a little couple getaway um, and it's basically 10 minutes from the west entrance of the park. Um, so, very, very easy to get to the park and you avoid a lot of the traffic because you're so close. Um but if you do want to stay within the park, there are several options as well. You can stay um, with Lake McDonald Lodge, which is um, in West Glacier. Um, There's also Glacier Park Lodge, which is um, in the Two Medicine area, and um, there's also Mini Glacier, which is in Mini Glacier. Um, If you do stay... mm, Words... If you do plan on staying within the park, um, make sure you make these reservations well in advance because they do fill up uh, very, very quickly. So those are my recommendations for places to eat and places to stay. So tips or tricks to the park. Um, I would recommend getting there early um, for several reasons. One, you can miss the crowds, which is great for hiking because um, you get to see you know more of the scenery without people in front of you. Um, And two, you can also get on the shuttle earlier and not have to wait as long to get on the shuttle. Um, So, that leads into my next tip, which is I would park at either Apgar or the St. Mary's Visitor Center, whichever, you know, if you're on the west or the east side, and take the shuttle to Logan Pass um, or wherever your trailhead is because Logan Pass is so popular and there's honestly not that many spots. Like, I think there's like 40 parking spots, maybe. And typically, it fills up by 6 a.m. Like the parking lot fills up by 6. And if they're taking Highline or if they're taking the Hidden Lake Overlook, all of those that start at Logan Pass are long hikes. Um, so, they're not going to be, you know, like a 30-minute, you know, type of thing. Also, it takes about an hour, an hour and a half to get to Logan Pass from the entrance of the park. So not only does it fill up by 6 a.m., you have to plan the time from getting to the entrance of the park to Logan Pass to get a spot. And I just think you just miss a lot of the headache if you just take the shuttle. You do have to get passes for the shuttle, but if you don't get a pass for the shuttle, you can get there early and get on their wait list. Um, And if you're there for the first shuttle, there's hardly anybody there. So, we actually ended up doing that because there was a day we didn't get a shuttle pass and they basically, you know, if you get out, get there early, get on the wait list, get on the shuttle, then they give you a wristband and you can ride the shuttle the rest of the day. So, would recommend that. Um, Also, if you are planning on doing Highline, even if you're only going to do a little bit of it, I would recommend planning it earlier in your trip than later because, One of the days we were going to do Highline, we get up to Logan Pass and it is foggy. Like you cannot see like 10 feet in front of you foggy. So we talked to the rangers because we were like, we want to do Highline today. And they're like, you're not going to want to do Highline today. You're not going to see anything. You're going to miss literally all of the views because you can't see anything. And we were like, okay. And so they were like, honestly, the fog may clear in a couple of hours um, or you can go down a little bit. Um, and go do another hike, and I was like, okay, and Andrew and I knew we wanted to do the whole thing, and I thought it would be better if we waited a day, do Highline the next day, and go do a different hike, Um, so that's what we decided to do, but if, you know, if you're planning Highline on your last day, then um, it's really hard um, to do that, and you'd have to take, you know, the foggy views, Um, and it's just such a, such a beautiful hike, I really would, hate for that to happen to you guys. Um, My next thing is the park is very, very large. Um, It looks large on a map, but I guess, and I mean, we did our research. We knew how long it would take to drive places, but it just didn't really occur to me until we got there how big this park is. Um, If we did it again, I would 100% stay on both the west and the east side of the park. It is so much easier to get to the hikes that you want to do, especially if you're looking at Mini Glacier or Two Medicine or anything like that, um, to be on the east side. So, there's a a lot of parks on the west side. Um, There's a lot of trails. And so, I would recommend staying a majority of your time on the west side and then picking, you know, Two Medicine or mini glacier to do on the east side at the end of your trip um i think you'd only need like one or two days over there um but i would definitely recommend staying on both sides so you don't have to get into the situation where andrew and i were where we had to drive two and a half hours to the trailhead um and we still drove an hour and a half to get to two medicine so it still wasn't like a short drive so um also bring some layers and i know people say that everywhere, but it is true. The week before we went to Glacier, it was like 80 degrees in Glacier, so like for the high. It was very, very warm, but the week we went, it was not that warm. It was like in the 60s, 70s maybe, um, but the mornings were so cold, especially when you get up to Logan Pass. One morning, we get up to Logan Pass and it's like 30 degrees and it's like sprinkling and and it's cold, and I had like a light jacket on. So we go up to the store in um, in Logan Pass, and we are like buying like a jacket and beanies and all of this stuff. And like I still love the things we bought, but um, just would recommend bringing some layers for sure. Also, if you're a big coffee drinker, I would definitely recommend buying a coffee tumbler and bringing a good one that closes with you. Um so you can take take it on your hikes early in the morning. Andrew and I did not think of this, don't know why. Uh we ended up just buying a really cheap coffee tumbler at a store um and it worked, but definitely would recommend bringing like a little bit of a better one. Um so some of the things that if you are interested in visiting Glacier I have some recommendations on some books to help you plan your trip. I know that there's a lot of information online. You can definitely read blogs, all of those types of things. But there's a few books in particular that I use that I really um, would recommend. One of them is um, Top Trails Glacier National Park by Jean Arthur, and I'm gonna link all of this stuff in the show notes so you guys have it. Um, It's like $19 on Amazon, but Um, Jean has hiked Glacier for several, several years, and she goes through in depth each of the trails. Um, you know, the elevation gain, how hard it is, how long it is, um, you know, the things you can see on these trails, um, just very, very in depth. And I really enjoyed reading about it because it was really easy for me to be like, okay, I think I can physically do this trail. And it also sounds really cool. And I know where it starts and I know how long it's going to take me, Um, things like that. I thought it was really, really good um, for figuring out what trails worked best for Andrew and I. Um, Another book that I would recommend, I personally didn't use this one, but I've used other books um, by this author for other national parks, um, is The Moon Glacier National Park by Becky Lomax. Um, This one's about $16 on Amazon. Um, This will have a lot more of a variety of information, um, of hiking, um, the lakes, the planning, um, you know, just kind of a more overview of the park and and places you can stay and stuff like that. Um, So, I think it's a very well encompassing, um, you know, book. So, I have linked all of those types of resources as well as um, any of the companies we use for our stuff um, in the show notes So if you are interested. Um, I also am going to include a link to the National Park Passport that Andrew and I use um, that we get stamps at each park since our goal is to visit all of the parks. Um, We like to stamp them every time we go. um, So you can definitely see those. Um, But I hope that you guys learned a little bit more about Glacier and um, I will catch you guys next time. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you learned something new about America's National Parks. If you enjoyed my show, please consider leaving a review. I would really appreciate it. I hope you have a great rest of your day, and I'll catch you next time.